Alright guys, welcome to the show. This is uh, Higher Frequencies, episode number 13, Crystal Skulls Part 1. Uh, we have a special guest with, with us today who is uh, well-knowledged on the subject and has a long history involved with them. Everybody welcome uh, Christopher Timms, live from us on Skype out of Florida. How's it going, Tim? Christopher. Christopher, it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm doing really well. Thank you, Nick. Uh, it's, it's great to be here with you. It's definitely a pleasure to have you. Um, I don't think there's too many other people who could be, uh, who's well, uh, well knowledgeable on the subject, so it's definitely, um, definitely good to have you and have someone uh, well knowledge on it. For sure. Well, I'm glad to be here. All right, so um, since you are the uh, the one with all the knowledge here, I guess we'll get started. Um, you want to <laughs> <laughs> you want to walk everyone through uh, maybe starting off with the prophecies that uh, the ancient well, prophecy part of the skulls. Um. Well. What do you think about taking just a couple minutes and talking about what the original crystal skulls actually are, and yeah. what the crystal uh, what the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull really is? Yeah, and, sure we can. And, uh, because many people today, guys, I uh, I I know confuse the ancient skulls, the original skulls, with the ones that are being made today. You know, lapidary shops can knock out really beautiful skulls that people can buy and have in their homes. Yeah. Right. But it's not quite the same. Of of different material. It is not the same animal (laughs) at all, at all, at all. Okay. So, and I've experienced a lot of both. And so the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull, as it's originally known, is the skull that I am most familiar with. And that skull was found in 1933 in the jungles of Belize. And it was found in in the bottom of a Mayan well. Oh wow! In the in the center of a pyramid. And Anna Mitchell Hedges herself, who I was very good friends with for nineteen ninety nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety six, wow. um, was there in nineteen thirty three stepfather who's like the real Indiana Jones yeah her 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 grandfather was was the character that Indiana Jones was actually fashioned after for the movies that's right I mean that that's just amazing yeah, that's too cool and so she's down there in Belize in these jungles I mean there's 20 some foot crocodiles there's big snakes everywhere and there's all these ruins that are overgrown with jungle no one's been there for generations and they they've got locals there that are cutting their way through the jungle and they're coming upon these mounds that he knows are pyramids hmm. yeah so he begins to clear them all out and anna being a little little girl is playing around you know and not only is it not particularly safe you know with all the things that are going on there but 
uh, it's just an amazing adventure. Yeah. So she finds her way in, and she sees this thing sparkling inside a pyramid that probably no one's been in in hundreds of years. And so she looks in the bottom of the well, and she sees this thing sparkling, and they get workers, other guys to go in, and they rope themselves down into the well, which is full of spring water. And so they're snorkeling down by rope into this well, and they come up with the top part of this skull. And then two days later, they come up with the jawbone. It's a detachable jawbone. Oh, wow. Two pieces. Right. Now, so guys, this is a totally different animal than stuff that's made at the lapidary shop, you know, and sold. Those are beautiful, and they have certainly a presence and a power to them. I'm not diminishing them. But these are different animals, the original skulls. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, upon examination, scientific examination of the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull, it's an, it's an exact anatomical copy of a human skull, a female skull, with the detachable jawbone, the mandible. And it's made of optical-grade quartz. And optical-grade quartz means that you can put a newspaper on one side and you're on the other side of it and you can read the newspaper. Oh, sweet. I mean, this thing is, oh, it is sweet. It is an <laughs> unbelievable thing. And uh, um, there are amazing, delicate inclusions inside the quartz. And just there's whole worlds in there to explore, you know, which we, 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 we can talk about. But what's, in, what's important here is that uh, upon examination, scientific examination by Hewlett-Packard of this skull under high power microscopy, different ways they have of analyzing the skull, their summation, which is public information, anybody can read this, they, they say that there are no polish marks anywhere on the skull, like from lapidary polishing, anything, no cutting marks. And basically they said, and it's a quote, this should not exist. Yeah. Hewlett Packard said this should not exist. Yeah. But yet here we are. Exactly. And then Richard C. Hoagland, you know, um, ex-NASA scientist and, re and researcher, analyzed the skull himself and and under with newer technologies just in the last five, eight years, finds that this the quartz that the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull is made from didn't originate on Earth. Hmm. Didn't originate. Why? You know that because the way that the lattice, uh, we have DNA. The yeah. quartz crystals, minerals don't have DNA. They have what's called a lattice where the molecules ratchet around and grow. Okay. Yeah. And ours are all privy to gravity because we've never been out of gravity that's great but but so it grows against gravity moving up but the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull grew spherically the D, the lattice grew spherically in all directions in all six directions up down front back left right does it make sense guys yeah and everybody and what what this means is that it was from non-terrestrial sourcing and richard hoagland said that it was probably artificially generated quartz propagated in space could be over a couple hundred years of growing the quartz before it was fashioned in, into the skull wow so that's just wild wild and that by itself separates it from any of the modern skulls it separates it really from 
any of the other uh, ancient skulls. Uh, the, there are other ancient skulls that are authentic and that have amazing properties to them. I've experienced Max as well. Yeah. But uh, the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull is the 13th. And I think it's funny really? uh, that, that, that you guys have me as, as the 13th episode. <laughs> when, wow. when the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull is the 13th skull. It's oh, the it is the 13th? It, yeah, is Yes. That's that's the thirteenth. Other people may tell you different things, but my experiences with the skull, you know, a hundred hours of private time with the skull uh, from 1988 to 1996, plus the event that you guys saw called the Celestial Beacon yeah. on on video, uh, the skull just revealed so much to me. And so there's a little bit of the background on the skull. And now we can talk about skull prophecies because I know that's what Nick asked me about initially. I didn't want to go too far, but I I, away from the topic, but I wanted at the same time to people to understand what it is that we're talking about here. Do you know anything about the other 12 uh, skulls or how many has been discovered or not? Yes, I do. Uh, Some of them have been found and Max is an authentic skull. Uh, authentic ancient skull. I've experienced Max. My wife really enjoyed Max. There was a it was a great kind of a love feeling with Max, nice. and uh, she just got this great uh, comfort and um, a feeling that all is well being around Max. It was just wonderful, and uh, I enjoyed Max too. It's a very different energy than the Anna Mitchell Hedges skull. The Anna Mitchell Hedges skull, I think. For me, it grabbed me. It just took me. And uh, over a period of years of experiences with with the skull, uh, trained me inwardly to have that crescendo of an event that we called the Celestial Beacon. That was the culmination Mm -hmm. of all the years of experiences. The customized geometry, the specific sounds, the tunings of the bowls, everything that we set up for that event for the skull um, so, is many of the original skulls, Alex, uh, have not been found, and they don't want to be found. You know, people. Part of the false interpretation of the prophecy is that the skulls all have to come together. You know, the skulls right. all have to be brought together yeah, physically right. in the same proximity to set up a, a crystal grid, the crystal star, and all this kind they of just stuff. Just have to be on Earth. The crystal. They'll, if they want to be found, they'll be found. The crystals are an innate intelligence, each of them unto themselves. Yeah, I was reading that they could communicate. You can be six inches away from the skull if it's buried underground and you'd never know it unless something intuitively tries to grab you and says put your hand down here and dig right here, you'd walk right through it if it was in the desert or in the jungle, right? And, for instance, that skull drew Anna Mitchell Hedges right to it as a little girl. There were two windows in this pyramid in Belize, east and west. And at that time of day, at that time of the year, Hmm. on that day, she happened to walk into the pyramid, just happened to walk into the pyramid, and happened to look into the well 
Now, one hour later, and the sun would have been different in the sky, and she wouldn't have seen any sunlight in the well, and they never would have thought anything of it. Just another well. So, uh, when they said that they used TNT to kind of blow up the pyramids and, uh, you know, kind of renegade, renegade archaeology, that was, wasn't true? You mean to find the crystal skull? Yeah. Oh, no. Not, not the animal hedges skull or uh, Max was given by a llama to the lady that has Max, uh, Tibetan llama, smuggled it out of Tibet when the Chinese invaded. And um, so she had it with her, and then it was given by the llama to this lady. The lady had it and then has been displaying it and bringing it around for people. But no, none, none of that is real. It was an, it was an actual archaeological dig now he was a renegade kind of a break the rules archaeologist and they smuggled artifacts out you know of belize which was illegal at the time but what they did when they found the skull alex is that um, anna found the skull and anna uh, gave it to the mayan elders right there at the at the uh clan of in, in belize right there and the Mayan elders celebrated for about three days. They had bonfires. They were telling the stories and all the renderings about the, the skull legends of the skull. And then the Mayan elder gave it back to Anna Mitchell Hedges and her father, stepfather, and, and said, it's, it's for you to take it so the rest of the world can know about the skull. Wow. So I've heard so much misinformation about it that... Uh... The real oh, story is just, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> oh, it's it, that, that, that's, the TNT thing is, is ridiculous. You can go to Belize right now, and you can see it's in uh, a site called Lubantun, and where they found the skull. And you can go there, you can walk in, there's, no, there's been no TNT there, there's been no destruction there. It's, it, it was excavated and opened up, and it's fine. It's I should have known better than listen to uh, National Geographic anyway. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you know, I can tell you guys a story about all that. I was, I was contacted by the BBC in, yeah. in England to do a documentary on the Crystal Skulls, to be a part of a documentary. And I thought, cool, you know, I'll do that. Yeah. So I went in and I did the documentary. And I was interviewed by this lady that seemed to be really respectful and really interested in what I was talking about. And boy, they cut and pasted and did all kinds of stuff with my section yeah. of the interview and my, the videos that, that I sent them. Took the time to send them all this material, you know. And they they made all of us look like idiots in, the, more in, proof. The, um, <laughs> in the BBC presentation. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, National Geographic. I was Geographic so excited was to see it come out, and then when it came out, I felt like I wanted to cry. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And so, yes, yeah. Pay no attention to all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and because um, the 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 agenda is either to to mask the truth, yes, or to distort things. And um, you know, there are a few of us like me, you know, that that are around and have been around with with the skulls, with some of this ancient stuff, mm-hmm. and really know the real story behind it, the actual story behind it. 
Yeah, it's definitely so, hard to find any truthful information at the time. That's why hard we, uh, isn't even doing... the word to explain it. It's almost impossible. It's so they water it down so much and twisted that you can't even get come. You can't even come close to a to the actual story. That's true. And there's a book that Anna Mitchell Hedges' father, the stepfather, the archaeologist, wrote, and you can get it. You can probably get it as a free PDF yeah. and read it about their journeys about what they did, about how they found the skull. It's called Danger, My Ally. Oh, sweet. Danger, you know, my ally. Yeah, check it uh, out for sure. It's written in the languaging of that time, 1930s. You know, well, when you read the story, it's amazing the things that they went through. Yeah, I bet The adventure that it was. I mean, he really was the Indiana Jones guy. (laughs) You know, and uh, so... And... So as you can imagine, if they if people can't even get the story straight about how the skull was revealed and brought and brought brought to the world, how are they going to get anything about the prophecies of the skull? Exactly right. You know. So, um. Well, what do you guys know about the prophecies of the skull? So let's 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 start there. <coughs> or the skulls. Period. You know, plural. Well, most of. Um everything that I've come to find out about them refers to the times that we're in now. You know, um, 2012 was the end of uh, an old era and ushered in the new era, the Golden Age, which I believe has everything to do with consciousness. And so, from what I understand, is the skulls are basically um, information or more like uh, maybe a duplication of a soul maybe a soul lives in the skull um, that has information um, and that um, that they could communicate <clears throat> without being close to one another like you were talking like in a small circle with the oh, one sure. in the middle you know just on earth period um, you know they, they could communicate between themselves um and that finding them um, is supposed to help us uh, and maybe boost up uh, the consciousness uh, or unity consciousness of where we're headed towards is kind of what I found right, out about. Right, right. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right, let's, let's go here with this. In, in the Sumerian tablets, which... I'm trained in the Sumerian tablets by uh, Zechariah Sitchin. Oh, sweet. I'm, 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 I took his teacher training programs before he passed away. Amazing guy, right? And in, in the Sumerian tablets, it's translated that within the uh, ascending and descending passages of the pyramid, I, I get, it's called the Grand Hall, excuse me, there are, there are 12 chambers little uh, holes in the walls okay and the whole and the, these these carving carved out holes in the walls are very specific in size and they're the same all the way down there's 12 of them and the Sumerian tablets say that the talking stones the talking stones were in residence there in those 12 slots the thirteenth, being the Hedges skull, was in the sarcophagus of the 
king's chamber. Hmm. Okay. I've heard of until uh, the initiate uh, comes in to lay down in the, in in the sarcophagus. All right, then the then the initiate would hold the skull. So, they in 2023 BC, and there's physical evidence verified by Los Alamos Laboratories in New Mexico to prove this. There was a nuclear war in the Middle East, 2023 BC, guys. Hmm. Okay, we can prove it by by the nuclear nuclear decay they they have measured in rocks that they took from the areas that they said that in the old maps and the old texts where this war happened the war between gods and men wow. as it was called so now what happened as there were nukes that were that were used the gods and it's written the gods meaning the, the ancient ones the, the anunnaki were so upset with what they had done that they decommissioned the pyramid and they took the 12 skulls 12 and 1 13 they didn't say 13 they would say 12 and 1 they took 12 and 1 and they disseminated the skulls all over the world they left them with the the 12 tribes clans they left and went to different parts of the world that's why there's some in africa there's some in, in the Yucatan for the Mayan and the Toltec, the Olmecs before them were caretakers of the skulls, and in different parts of the world, parts unknown. But the skulls are all placed in specific locations where each of them wanted to be. And the skulls talk to each other. They're in complete communion with each other. There's no loss or lack or need of anything. If, if a skull wants to be found, or in someone's possession, like Max or like the Hedges skull, then it's it's going to find a way to manipulate the holograph here yeah. to put Anna Mitchell Hedges right there on summer vacation in the middle of Belize at the right time of day when that light's coming through that window, looking into a well. I mean, the odds of that are a million to one. But yeah, it would happen. We don't do coincidences. The only here. way you can say that it happened. <laughs> pardon. I said, we don't do coincidences Pardon? here. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, no. 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 It, was, it was all the skull saying, come on, find me. I'm right here. I'm ready to go with you. And in my friendship with Anna, uh, she said that as a young girl, she was, she, she, she was a Mayan, a Mayan priest, and she cared for the skull. As so a, that's, that's a previous why life. I called to her again in this life to come and take the skull again. So as the skulls were scattered after the nuclear war, 2023 BC, then man fell. You know, we had the, the, the decline of Egypt, the fall of Sumeria. We had the beginning of, of the age of forgetfulness, the beginnings of the age of Pisces. And uh, you know, we were coming now to the awakening yeah. as we know in the dawning of the age of Aquarius so the skulls are beginning to be heard once again their voices are beginning to be listened to and mm -hmm. part of that is why so many people are interested in having um, facsimiles of the skulls everybody wants a little skull of this or rose quartz or an amethyst or a quartz skull because there's a subconscious thing of the skulls are important the skulls are important <clears throat> and they, they do trigger and have an energy, even the ones that are made in modern time, unto themselves. Yeah. 
So it's kind of what drawn us to it, <laughs> isn't there? Yes, exactly, um, exactly. I mean, I had no idea uh, about the crystal skulls, guys. Oh, on my very first tour in Canada, 1988, after I was teaching, I, I talked all weekend. Uh, the man that coordinated for me for Ontario, Canada, said, "I want to take you to on a little adventure today." So we we get in this car and we drive about an hour and a half, and I'm thinking. Man, I'd like to be resting. I just taught for three days straight, nonstop. And so we, we pull up in front of this house at the edge of um, Woodstock, not Pennsylvania, Canada, near, um, uh, it's outside of Toronto an hour or so. And we walk up the sidewalk and this little old lady opens the door and I thought, okay, David's brought me to see his grandmother or something. You know, okay, this is nice, but this isn't really what I wanted to do today. And then I started to feel these tingles all over my body. And when we walk in the door, I turn to the left, and here's the crystal skull sitting on her coffee table right next to a whole thing of potpourri that all the little old ladies used to have back in that time. Wow. And it's sitting there on a coffee table. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. This is this, and then David just looked at me and said, "Yep, that's the real one." Oh, that's the real one. <laughs> and so he he never told me what we were doing, and that started that whole relationship with the skull and me. So you felt it before and, you ever met it, huh? Oh, and instantly I was connected, and for the next years I would be on tour, traveling around the United States, teaching, and I would get this feeling, and I would see the skull, and I would call Anna. And she knew it was me on the phone, not because of the caller ID, because there wasn't any on, on, I was calling from a pay phone, you know, back with a card at that time. And, and she said, the skull will see you in two days. And that's basically all she would say. Hi, how you doing? The skull will see you in two days. Uh, Okay. You know, I could be in Ohio somewhere, you know, or in Texas somewhere. And I'd have, and I would just say, yes, ma'am. And I would just haul butt, and I would get to her house in Canada to be with the skull. Wow. And it was part of this relationship, guys, with the skull, where the skull would just be with me. She let me do things with the skull that she never let anybody else do. Yeah. That's and I didn't know any of that because I'm, I'm just me. <laughs> you know, she let me pick up the skull and walk around with it and be alone with it for periods of time, long periods of time. And mess around with it I, I i i used sound and tuning forks all around it and on it and and uh, ran laser through it light all types of things and she said the skull just loves you and just enjoys you just do whatever you you know it's all she good. knew you was connected so, oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so you're right and nick in that um uh, the prophecy idea of um, the the skulls being a part of helping us move towards unity consciousness, okay? But it's not with information. Information is the after effect. Have you ever had the the experience yourselves, you guys? Uh, an aha, you're like you're on a job site and you're you're stuck trying to figure something out. You don't know what the heck to do, how to get out of the situation you're in, and you get away from it for a minute. And all of a sudden, you have an aha. Yeah, yeah. 
and then, and then a moment after the aha, then you know how to get out of the situation. You know how to solve the problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and we've all had those experiences. Oh, yeah. So it's the, the information, what you guys did after the aha, is the information that people are talking about with, with the skull, with all the skulls. That's not really that important. Yeah, that gets the job done. But what's really important for you, for all of us, is that moment of aha, the 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 oh wow. Because yeah, in that moment, it just takes the form of how do I fix this on this job? How do I take care of this? You know, what's what am I going to do now in my life? Okay, those are the after effects. But the moment of the aha is an abstract state of consciousness, a very high, lofty, abstract state that the skulls, each of them is a portal into this realm, a field of energy. Yeah. And each of them is a little bit different, just like each of us are a little bit different. Yeah. So as you merge into this energy with the skull, as the skull will, will welcome you into it to the degree that you're able to uh, relax in, in, into it, it allows you to not download, not not uh, get information. It allows you to be a part of this energy. Hmm. It allows you to be a part of this presence. And then it's for you to be able to take that and go, okay, ah, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. People confuse that with a download or information. And what, what they really should be paying attention to is that state, the aha, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, here on the show, um, you know, we've talked about um, everything that's going on um, as far yeah. as consciousness stuff. And I've been talking about a point that I feel like is coming, which is a critical mass point where everybody's going to have that <gasps> aha moment and realize that everything is connected. Um, yeah. It's like so many people are coming conscious now i feel like there's a critical mass point where even all the sleepies as i would say are suddenly awakened um is that is that the type of like aha feeling that you mean yes and um this aha moment happens individually and it also happens collectively and that's what you're referring yeah, referring I'm referring to, to a collective aha. I feel like it's coming yeah. pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're 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 not there yet. I mean, but we're but we're moving as individuals so that we can be forerunners. We can we can forge the path. We can we can wave the flags and go, hey, this way. Yeah. Um, my last, yeah, my last episode, um, I believe it's the last one is called the process. And so, you know, when I had my aha or awakening, I had a lot of work that I still had to do on myself, healing, healing myself, uh, and stuff like that. And so, uh, how I was talking about it is, you know, uh, the process, you know, just waking up is the beginning, um, and, try to give everybody the idea of not thinking everything is going to be you know heaven on earth like out of nowhere there's a process that everybody the earth uh each individual and uh the collective 
will have to go through of healing and helping each other uh, and reconnecting to who we are and what we're supposed to be doing here. And there's some really interesting principles at work here. Part of us moving into this aha collectively, part of us moving into this great awakening is wrestling between lower consciousness human issues the matrix and (laughs) the matrix right exactly and having visions of universal principles yeah yeah i feel like everybody's downloading right now while they're sleeping as you would say right right and so there's a great conflict between um, how society has constructed itself since World War II, guys, and when you study the history of it, you know, um, and universal principles. There, yeah. there are universal harmonies, principles. They're not really laws. That's really an incorrect term. But they're principles that are a work that govern the planets. So they revolve around the sun, the cells of your body, the way the galaxies formed, all of this. Like there natural law. principles. Pardon me? Like natural law. Nat- natural law. Exactly. Exactly, Alex. So as, as we begin to really see how we can transpose our insights into natural law, into society today, into our own species, how we behave, then we take steps incrementally, like climbing a staircase, towards universal law, you know, towards, I mean, universal principle, towards this natural law, towards this great awakening. But, you know, as you can tell, just in the, in the last couple years, there's just been this huge upheaval of arguing, fighting, drama, trauma, lies, deception, all of this different stuff yeah. at multiple different levels. And it, it's really okay, even though it's very unpleasant, because it's part of what part of what I've been teaching for a number of years is that everything that has been hidden in the world of religions, of, of the government, of finance, everything that has been hidden will be revealed. Yeah. And part of that is the skulls, the revelation of the skulls. Without a word being spoken about the skulls, their connection, their, their oscillation, they're just broadcasting. Yeah. And that that energy... Without ever anybody even really knowing about it, is is forming a platform or a foundation through which this elevation in consciousness is allowed to occur. So it seems like the skulls is one more piece of uh, a lot of pieces uh, between the planets um, and everything else. It's kind of accumulated accumulated here for like all of this now so it's like one more piece to the puzzle per se yes yes and now if we can take that idea and take it out on another level if the world is a matrix a simulation a holograph and if each one of us is the center of our own universal holograph Okay, then the the metaphor, the symbolism of the crystal skulls being revealed, you know, all that's happening in the world today, the the 
the arguing, the fighting, the goodness, all of it that's going on today is all symptomatic of each one of us going through a great change, a great catharsis where we're waking up and we're grumpy about waking up because we've been asleep for a couple thousand years. And, you know, we don't want to wake up. You know, I don't don't want to get up. I don't want to do any of this. But we're waking up and this is the world that you get. So part of that is the communication system like look at this i mean we get to communicate to people around the world right now yeah from our respective homes That's i mean right. this is awesome yeah. does it get much better yeah. <laughs> and yeah hey i mean when i first started doing this i was traveling 50 to 60,000 miles every year on the ground let alone what i was flying yeah. going to australia going to different parts of the world teaching lecturing i mean i was it was a non-stop rock and roll tour you know and it's just <laughs> this is so much nicer. I get to grab a cup of coffee, come into the office, flip a few switches, and nice. here we go. Yeah, talk to the world. So like- this this shows that that we're making great progress. We're able to connect with each yeah. other. We're able to talk. We're able to share ideas freely. I've been referring to the this internet. Is an incredible thing as an artificial intelligence uh, grid. It, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you just uh, you know, artificial uh, consciousness grid. AI. Yeah. yeah, that's another whole. <laughs> oh man. Um, on the show here, uh, I've basically been saying the same thing to people. You know, cut off your TV uh, and disconnect from all that jazz because the way light wins over darkness is uh, bringing the darkness to light, and so that's why. <clears throat> that's why if you turn on your TV, it's all bad, bad, bad. Um, but that is actually a great thing because that's how light wins over darkness. That's right. You know, we're all very susceptible to the influences around us. And For sure. As, as you know, when people start hanging out with people that have, if you hang out with a group of people that have bad habits, then pretty soon you begin to pick up bad habits. And if you hang out with people that have good habits, then you begin to pick up good habits. That's correct. It's the same way if you hang out with your TV and listen to all of that that's coming at you, plus what you don't even know, all the levels of subliminal information being thrown at you, and you're just sucking it up because you're just wide open. Mm -hmm. Um, You you have to use discernment. You have to put on your thinking cap, as my mother would have said, and and just... pay attention you know we we watch a few shows here and there just to kick back and enjoy some things i love i love watching ancient aliens i love um guy mtv i watch some of the programs there greg braden you know and people like that i enjoy what they're pursuing but by far oh my gosh you know when you put on network tv when you put on regular tv you're just throwing yourself right in right into the propaganda carnival yeah yeah you're opening yourself up to whatever they throw at you with no resistance you are you are and that's that's right and people don't know people have no clue you know and it's powerful stuff it's powerful stuff so so um part of the culmination of my experiences with the anna mitchell hedges skull uh, came in early 1996 the last year of my experiences where upon arrival at Anna's house the skull 
she said, the skull wants to be with you. And she was pretty serious. And she was usually light, you know, and happy. The skull wants to be with you. So she disappeared into the kitchen. And so I'm holding the skull. And the skull literally leaves its body. I'm holding the physical skull. The skull leaves its body, comes right towards me, and I'm looking right into the eyes of the skull. And then it turns, and then it moves right into my cranium. Whoa. And I thought I was going to fall down. <laughs> and I literally, and I'm still holding the skull, you know, and my equilibrium was off. I felt like I had been shot out of a cannon. And, you know, just like the deepest psychedelic trip you can imagine. And wow. uh, then all of a sudden, about 15 seconds later, it was all over and I was crystal, it was crystal clear. But I was looking through the eyes of the skull as well as my own eyes. And when the skull mm. looks at you, all the skull sees is like the universe. Yeah. It sees dot, beautiful dots of light that are all connected like this web. Each of us is a web yeah. of beautiful, glowing, vibrating strings of light. And um, like Carlos Castaneda wrote years ago in his books, each of us are luminous beings. <laughs> That's right. We're just like beings. And man, so we really got to do a documentary on this issue. <laughs> There's none oh, out there. Oh, we are. It's, just, it's on. Oh man. I mean, I, I could do eight hours with you on all this. I mean, and uh, so well, me and Alex has already been talking about on, a documentary. I'm sorry, man. What? <clears throat> Said so me and Alex has already been talking about doing uh, a documentary. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Well, since that point on, I've been seeing through the eyes of the skull continuously, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whether I'm at the market, whether I'm here with you, whether I'm with my kids or my grandkids, or it doesn't matter what I'm doing. The skull and the eye are, and me are one. That's amazing. You know, and uh, again, it's that abstract field that I merged with and I, I was a available to and for for years and years now it's just been me processing this wow. assimilating this uh being able to uh, express this i hope i'm expressing all this in an adequate way yeah very adequate it's <laughs> good good because yeah. it's just it's out there it is it's just out there i can't um, wait to meet one myself <laughs> so that we just um, met one right now <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're basically talking to one right now. And you know, that's funny, Alex, because after that time in 1996, when I would go teaching, traveling somewhere, people would see me for the very first time. And a number of people said that they didn't see me. They saw a skull. Wow. They saw a crystal skull and they had no idea that I had been with the Anamitra Hedges skull. Damn. That's amazing. So people would walk right up to me after talking and say, you know, that's kind of creepy. You know, I saw this skull thing in you right there. And, well, yeah, he's right there. <laughs> that's awesome. That's proof That's proof in the pudding right there. <laughs> it was. Oh, and my granddaughter, Julia, she was very little. When she was very little, she, she liked skulls, like little kids will like skulls. And Yolanda, my wife, got her a, a cool skull ring, right? Yeah. And this is when she's like a year and a half or two years old. And she looked at the picture on the skull ring, and she looked at my wife, Yolanda, they call her Ama. They said, Ama, 
That's pop-ups. Oh. Pop-ups. Oh. Wow. And this is when she could barely talk. Pop-ups. I mean... Looking at the picture of the skull. So, she's, so, so, so when she looked at the skull, she actually saw you in the skull, not even the skull. Right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's just cool stuff. Kids are the truest form of, and the closest form to the spirit realm there is. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. It does. That was very fun. So, um, so where do you want to go from here? I've heard of, um, what the prophecy is talking about, uh, the rainbow, um, the prophecy of the rainbow ones, per se. Um, and we did an episode called the Star Children, which is like indigo, crystal, and yeah. rainbow. And rainbow being uh, children, uh, the wave starting now, like zero to seven years old. Um, do you have any knowledge or any reference uh, with that? These are labels, whether you call them star children, yeah. star seeds. That's what um, we do as humans. Rainbow children, crystal children. These are all designations that people use to, to categorize different waves of incarnation yeah you know people beings like us that are coming in that that have particular time types of qualities you know and i can certainly see um the differences between generations and a and waves of people coming in yeah for sure but you know, I think people pay too much attention to all of that stuff. And I think that when we really just love our children and really just care for them and just help them be who they are rather than who we think they should be, let provide a medium through which they can explore, you know, and become whatever it is that they're all about because they're what's to come let them let them be without our limitations let them be without our concepts i agree let them discover that's why it makes sense guys yeah that's that's why i think it's kind of good for like some of the parents just to have a little bit of information on that because these kids are so different um you know society is is wanting to label these kids as autistic and and drug them up and if if the parents aren't informed and they're they're beating them down you know they they're not realizing that they're programming them into this human mind frame with language and all this other stuff and they're they're kind of beyond that you know they're telepathic they're like original blueprint of like what we're supposed to be you you know that if uh if nikola tesla and albert einstein were born into this time they'd both immediately be thrown on tons of medication (laughs) for sure yeah Right, and the world would be a completely different place. It's a fact. Because Einstein flunked math. He just stunk at math <laughs> when he was a kid because he was way abstract. You know, he's way out here, and math was down here when you were a little kid, right? Yeah. Learning the basic fundamental things. He was terrible at it. And Tesla was such a, such a genius. He thought that everything was just stupid in, in school. Tesla spoke, what is it, nine different languages? fluently and he, and he could talk about 17 different languages you know and had such a huge grasp of things and this is all before he was even 20 years old that's crazy that he thought everything was was ridiculous and mundane foolish and oh no they would have had him on tons of medication right away because he was 
They were both very eccentric personalities. You know, they're both not going to be controlled, not going to be dominated. So, and you're right. I think it's great that you, we can educate parents and help them grasp the idea that the kids that are that are coming in are not going to be thinking out of the left brain. They're not going to be World War II generation kind of thinking of people. They're going to be very abstract, very right brain. Yeah. That's why it's important to immerse them in music, in art, in nature, Creativity. huge nature. You know, to, to let nature teach them, let music teach them, let let their own art artistry come out. I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> That's great. That's good. Um, That's really cool. We have heard. Uh, I'd have heard one um, theory on the creation of the skulls that. Um, that they held a thousand years worth of information and that um in the tribe they would raise they would a child would be picked um as a baby and the grandmother um and the baby they basically would teach this kids a thousand years worth of information um and that they would do uh, a ceremony at a certain point, basically when all the knowledge uh, was given um, to the grandmother and the child, and they would um, do um, basically like a lethal dose of psychedelics with the ceremony for the mm-hmm. for the souls to enter the skulls. Um. There's a whole lot of language there that that we that we would, if we have more more time, we could focus in and discuss. Um, but let's try to consolidate this. And yes, there were ceremonies. And remember, the skull isn't information as much as it is the source through which all information is arrived at it's so it's aha. conscious so what what happens is yes it, it's it is a portal to this universal knowledge the akasha whatever you yeah, call the akasha. it okay okay yeah, and, nice. and so how each child will specialize that and interpret that makes them the prophet of their clan at that time their village because each medicine person will be a little bit different as generations go on. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but what what the Maya said to Anna was that it, it was time to take the skull to the world, meaning that instead of just passing that information down to one person, it was it was to be made as a quantum state available to everyone one as we make ourselves available to it just and just like you said the big massive the um what would terence mckenna call it the hail mary dose of of psychedelics or something you know um and the heroic space where yes yeah you're you're just out there and you're you're trained you're not doing it blind you know what you're doing and you you Dissolve. Basically, you dissolve and you become totally empty of yourself so that you can fill with this abstract 
that you've accessed through the skull. Like transcending or ascending into... as As that occurs, this is going to occur for everyone, not just every person, but every animal, every plant, everything in our matrix, in our holograph. As every begin, everyone begins to wake up. Do you have any predictions on that timeline? So speak to that a little bit. No, I'm saying, do you have any predictions on how long that, what you feel, that, how long that may take to get to that point? Yeah. Um, we're in an accelerated time period right now where things are moving much more quickly because of um, events that have, that have gone on in the world to show that we're willing to make a bold change. We're willing to do things. And, and to me, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, change isn't always pretty. Change isn't always pleasant. But if we're going to reveal everything that is hidden, if we're going to cast light where there's darkness, you're going to reveal yuck. Sure. And that's what's going on now in really all aspects of our world, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, in answer to your, to your question specifically, as you look into the future, the future, just as Yoda said to Luke Skywalker many years ago, the, fu- the, the future is filled with emotion. It's unclear, meaning that our destination, our in, our natural and inevitable destination, is certain. But how we get there and the journey along the way, is a. As we move through the present moment, guys, we're we're like we move up from the trunk of a tree into many branches. The branches are different probable realities, where there's different possibilities. So kind of what you tune in. It really depends upon how we each and how we all collectively navigate ourselves through these possibilities and choices that we make as citizens of a country, as citizens of a world, as individuals, as parents of children. All of these levels of decisions that we make affect the collective and how we navigate ourselves under this possibility. So if we made the right decisions... Within a year from right now, within one year from right now, we could be in a world with free energy, yep. where everybody has access to replicators, where you know there's no more no more factory work, there's no more manufacturing, where working working in in construction is a completely different experience. Where work where we're building glorious dwellings and amazing structures and having these amazing experiences with sacred geometry and harmonics and overtones yeah. in architecture and, you know, uh, connecting us to the star system and just a point where there's no death, there's no sickness, all of these things. You could do that in one year, one year from right now. And, and as we would make that alchemical jump, that quantum leap, all the contamination all over the earth would just be gone like that. Cause because as you reach a certain threshold frequency, that doesn't survive anymore. That's right. That, that doesn't exist anymore. It's all gone. All the contaminants are gone. Everything is gone. Everything is, is reset back to a beautiful, pristine Garden of Eden kind of a, a idea. Okay? 
So yeah, that can what you're saying you, is what I'm hearing from everyone else, else too. So I know, I know Pardon that me? it's uh, true. He didn't hear you. Yeah. Uh, uh, just forgive my language, but depending upon how butt-headed we are as a people, we could postpone this for a couple hundred years and go through a couple hundred years like, you know. I guess that's why we just keep doing what we do to help speed up that process. You just, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So I've been doing this for 30 years now. So I just keep going. I keep moving one foot in front of the other. And I, I just know that I want to do the best I can to forge a path for all of those who come after me, just like you guys. That's right. You know? And, exactly. And here we are. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's, that's funny. Um, that uh, everything I kind of talk about on the um, podcast here, I, I break everything down to frequencies because it seems to be the most basic uh, form that we are. And I've I've been trying to um, let people know that you emit a frequency, um, you like from your thoughts and your feelings. And so yeah. um, your thought actually manipulates your reality. And so learning how to control your thoughts and what's coming and going through your head is inevitably shaping the world that we have here in front of us. Um, it does, because the world, that, that's right. That's, that's very good. Here's, here, here's a great way to, to grasp that for everybody that's, that's watching. And this... Um, gives everybody a different way of looking at this thing that we call consciousness, okay? And so re everybody really grasped this one. Consciousness has been misunderstood by people. The word's been misused. The idea is misunderstood completely. Um, consciousness never changes. Consciousness is a sea in which we're immersed of limitless possibilities, call it the morphogenic field, call it the field, it's consciousness. The Tibetans call it the ocean of love and mercy. It's like an ocean of limitless drops that are inseparable from one another, the yeah. ocean. That's right. Limitless possibilities. So what gives consciousness that never changes and has no definition, its form, is our perception. You know, and David Icke's been saying now for about 10 years... You know that that we're all perceivers and that's true that's straight out of buddhism straight out of hinduism straight out of all the ancient teachings as we perceive this field of energy so it appears to be but it's just an appearance a holograph a simulation and what is it showing you it's showing you yourself yeah <laughs> exactly. this is the world that i am this is the world that i am the good the bad and the ugly yep. it's all you you know, this is the ultimate form of personal responsibility. You know, wow, it's all me. Yep, that's so how, how consciousness put it. never changes. What changes is our perception of consciousness. Hmm. So all you have to do is shift your perception. It's the secret. Do you think you're a sinner? Think <laughs> you think you're a bad person? Do you think you're, you know, not worthy of fulfillment, not worthy of love, not worthy of success? Do you think you're talented, brilliant? wonderful, loving, insightful, however you see yourself, 
will be broadcast right out here into the world. Yeah. It's what I like to call the secret. <laughs> it is. It's true. It's true, man. <clears throat> so, um, let's see, we've covered the prophecy. Um, have you seen the National Geographic episode on the skulls? Uh, it's like a documentary. I, go ahead. I I think I did. Um, I've I've seen so many different episodes. It's, uh, they only had things. They only had like one logical person interview on it, and he um, he he referred to. Uh, Atlantis and being connected to the skulls um, during the time of Atlantis mm-hmm. uh, and they actually kind of explained it how you did about the skulls sitting um, in certain places in the wall uh, the great pyramid right yeah. um, and then the other half they were just kind of blowing it off and doing stupid things <laughs> they did prove you know that they can't duplicate them even though they can make one that looks like it you can't you know, when you zoom in on it, it's, it's all rough edges from all the, the duplicates. That's correct. Um, but inevitably, at the end, they were shining lasers on it. And the guy said, if I can't see anything shining through the other side of the skull, then obviously it doesn't pertain, contain anything. <laughs> it's just, you know, it is it is astounding the closed mindedness of the majority. And I can say that comfortably. I had wanted to think about it for a moment, but, but the majority of conventional scientists that are out there that you think would love to stumble upon something that they can't explain. Wouldn't you think that a scientist would love a real mystery? You would think like, so. Wait a minute. What is this thing? You know, it's like, good God, what is this? You know, but I don't know. Oh, no, we have to just poo-poo on everything and just explain it away, even if your explanation is wrong. I mean, that's not even a, a real approach to science, um, you know, using the scientific method. If you're going no. in a subject trying to prove it wrong, no. like that's not even science. And they tested a replica, which wasn't even no. the actual really Those... real crystal score anyway. So. Right. Right, right. I think I do remember seeing that. Yes, yes. And I, I, I probably even shut it off. Yolanda and I were watching exactly. it. And we probably just got so frustrated, just wanted to shut it off. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. imagine you would on something like that. Yeah. Um. So how about some how about some questions, comments from anybody? Is or are people interested in what we're talking about here this evening? What do you guys think? I haven't asked anybody any questions. Any guys uh, watching live have any questions you would like to ask? I know. Um, what was I going to say? Um, the um, you did uh, a thing back in ninety nine ninety six, um, which was a beacon. That's right. Uh, would you like to uh, speak on that? Yeah, that's correct. Would you like to inform uh, our listeners on this? That was really the crescendo. That was really the big finish line for my experiences with Anna Mitchell Hedges and the Crystal Skull. Months before that is when I had that experience of 
the skull merging with me, turning and moving into my cranium. Yeah. Remember we spoke about that one, mm -hmm. right, which changed everything. And when I left Anna's home at that point, I went back on tour, traveling uh, out to the West Coast in Canada, then down into the U.S. and around. And I was getting these pictures. The this, this skull was just talking to me from within my cell. It was like me talking to me. And the skull was showing me that it wanted me to construct this piece of geometry. So I, I begin to build this geometry as I'm on the road. I am sleeping basically either at people's homes or in hotels or in the back of my van on a, on a futon if I'm traveling and teaching. And um, I have my contracting tools with me, so I'm, I go to Home Depot or Lowe's and I buy a bunch of copper and I begin building this geometry. And because I understand sacred geometry really well and music, acoustics, wavelength, things, uh, it was all making sense, but yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that this is what I needed to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm building the, this device and by the time I assembled it, I got it pretty much together. I had it strapped to the back of my van. And when I came to customs at Detroit to go into Windsor, to cross into Canada, customs looked at that. It, it was a big, it was about six feet tall. It was a big octahedron. Okay. <laughs> and it had internal chambers built in it all out of copper. I mean, you should have seen this thing. It was amazing. Well, there, well you saw it. You saw yeah. videos of it. Yeah, we did. And, and uh, the customs officer looked at me and said, Mr. Timms, what is that on the back of your van? And I said, I'm an artist. Oh, and he said, oh, well, enjoy, enjoy Windsor, Mr. Timms. <laughs> so then I just proceeded on through. And, uh, you know, what am I going to say? No, I'm building this for the crystal skull. <laughs> I'm building a crystal the beacon. Officer. I mean, right. You can imagine this. So, no. So then I proceed on. I taught in Windsor, and then I proceeded on to... Anna Mitchell Hedges home and, and um, I had told her what the skull wanted me to do and she said yes I know because you know, she was <laughs> wow. of course tuned into the skull and so she, she had told a few friends you know of, of her close relationship to the skull but it got out on the skull in her hotline and by the day that this event was going to happen we had 120 some people that showed up at this event Whoa. And it was like it was like a Woodstock. Yeah, you know that. there were people doing healing work, all kinds of booths. Every everybody was set up doing all kinds of things. We we set up hay bales, you know, for people to sit on, and we had this amazing property where we were going to do this, and the ley lines and the grid work on the property were just perfect. I mean, the skull just orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, and so this event called the celestial beacon which you guys can um everybody can watch the video it's up on on youtube um, was built for the crystal skull this compound piece of geometry a three-sided transmitter pyramid with a big octahedron suspended in the middle then there were two other big pyramids that you saw in the video mm -hmm. that have the crystals that i'm caretaker for and these crystals are Mr. Light and Mr. Sound. Yeah. And Mr. Light is a 110-pound double-terminated crystal. 
and Mr. Sound is a, his little brother, who's a mere 90 pounds, and they each had their respective pyramids on on energy spots on this great property that we were on. Yeah. And so I set up the geometry, set up the grid, and then the skull wanted me to play a specific recipe of sounds with crystal bowls. And so we were up on top of this ridge, and everyone was sitting around us, and we chanted and played these bowls. And what it did for the skull, which I didn't know what it was going to do. I just knew that that was what I was asked to do from within myself with the skull. Yeah. Right. So I'm just doing. And what it did is it is it unlocked a series of gates within the skull and people who could see energy, not just me, but people who could see energy said that there were literally plumes of energy shooting up out of the tops of the pyramid as I, as I was playing each tone. Wow. And the skull was just broadcasting all these frequencies. And basically it was subtitled uh, E.T. Phone Home. <laughs> it was like nice. the skull is E.T. Phoning Home. It was, it was telling the ethers in the holograph, you know, the deepest aspects of ourselves like the E.T.'s, the ancient Maya, who are extraterrestrials, that, hey, there is intelligent life down here. Yeah. yeah. We're beginning to get with the program. <laughs> beginning to remember. You know, beginning to remember. And it was just a spectacular day, spectacular day. And um, that event, guys, was the last time that I ever saw Anna Mitchell Hedges really? or the skull. I mean, it was amazing. We were there all day, and uh, people visited with the skull until late into the into the evening with Anna. And everyone was wonderful and respectful of Anna's time, you know, as an older lady and all of that. And she she looked at me, and she said, "The skull is very very happy." <laughs> you done what you're supposed to do. Boom. We went on our way. Nailed it. That's awesome. Nailed it. That's right. Nailed it. That's very well put. Very, very well put. Are you still... And I thought... Go ahead. Are you still... Um, do you have Mr. Light and Mr. Sound? Are you still caretaking? Oh, yeah. Mr. Light and Mr. Sound are in my backyard. One, Mr. Light is underneath a um, a big, um, a beautiful orange tree, and Mr. Sound is underneath a... Um, just a nice pine tree that he wants to be under right now. <laughs> they love being nature and they love doing what they're doing. Yeah. And had... they, they carry all the information of the crystal skull, not the information. Again, the information is the after effect. They cover all, cover, uh, they have all of the download of the merging of the crystal skulls in each of them. And whenever I would teach live, I'd bring them with me and people would charge all their crystals and, touch Mr. Light and Mr. Sound and just kind of splash into nice. all that. Yeah, sweet. How did you uh, become caretaker of these two or how? <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to have a business years ago. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. And I used to drive to Hot Springs, Arkansas in my pickup truck. And I could buy a truckload of crystals from the mines, right out of the mines in Arkansas for Two thousand bucks, and you could drive that truck of crystals back to Philadelphia or Delaware, where I was from, and sell it for five, six thousand dollars. 
Sweet. sight unseen. Just buy them all because people knew me, and they knew that I was being honest, and that and that these were right from the mines, and people would look at them and go, "Wow, this is awesome!" Boom, and then they would retail them out to their places, and it was okay. still better pricing than if they had bought them themselves from distributors. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. from a retail. Sell them to stores and all that. So. While I was there, making a long story short for you guys, I'll just make it as fast as possible. Um, I was driving down outside of Hot Springs to what's called Mount Ida, another place that has great crystal mines. And on the left-hand side of my vision, there was an old dilapidated building called the Rocky Mountain Crystal Shop. And it looked like Jed and Ellie Mae Clampett's place in the sticks. And it was like I was falling down. And as I was driving past it, didn't think anything of it, just an old rock souvenir shop or something. Okay, I'm just driving past it. Mr. Light and Mr. Sound literally left their bodies because they were at his store. I didn't see them. They, they left their bodies, and they looked like the Raisinette commercials from years and years ago <laughs> where these big crystals were dancing literally in, in front of the windshield of my truck going turn around come back come back you have to see us and i had no idea so i slam on the brakes in the truck my friend steve is beside me and i about put him through the windshield <laughs> he goes what the hell's wrong oh, with steve. you yeah i said i don't know and so we swing around and as we get out of the truck here on either side of this the front door to this building are these two crystals mr light and mr sound and they were just sitting there on either side of the front door of this crystal shop. And when you walked into this dilapidated store, and I mean dilapidated, guys, it looked like you were walking into the Smithsonian Institute of Quartz Crystal. You see Steve stuff there that you won't see anywhere else in the world. I mean, at that time, it was unbelievable what you saw. And the man's name was Garland. <laughs> and um, uh, Garland Milhausen. And I asked him, to make again this long story short, I said, "Can I purchase those crystals from you?" And he said, "Oh no, 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 no! I could never sell you those crystals, young man." You know, I was 28 at that point, and and um, he said, "My wife and I mined them ourselves. We found them in 1933." And I said, "When did you find them? 1933. That's the same year Anna Mitchell Hedges found the crystal skull." Mm. Wow, isn't that cool? Yeah. Had to get it, and so. 1933. Hmm. And he he said, no, no, no. I could never sell those crystals. Those that's kind of like my wife and I. You know, that's we found them and they stay with us right there. And we've had this store ever since then. 1930 something. He started that uh, that business. Sweet. I said okay. So I went home. Think I went back to the hotel with Steve, thinking, okay, well, you know, we're just, just going to get our crystals, our other stuff, and go. You know, but the crystals came to me all night. No, 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 you know, <laughs> and so I get up before sunrise and I yelled over to Steve. I said, get up. We got to go back to see Garland. He goes, no, we're not going to see Garland. It's freezing outside. No one's going to sell us these crystals. He's, he's, you know, I said, we're going, get in the truck. So we go and we got there before dawn and there was a light on in his shop. And there was smoke coming out of the wood-burning stove stack up at the top. So we stopped, and, and the door was unlocked. This is, it's got to be 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm. 
the doors open and walk in. He's sitting in his rocking chair. And he's just looking at me and he points his finger at me and he says, son, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to remember you for the rest of my life. Let's pack up those crystals. Oh, <laughs> wow. God. That, and is, I'm it, is that all he said to you? I mean, that's exactly. So he wrote the paper as to where with the latitude and longitude and the date they were mined and signed it, everything. We created him up, put him in the truck, brought Mr. Light and Mr. Sound home. Did you ever get How's any that? information out of him as awesome. to uh, to what he's, he's seen? I, I, I asked him, and he never told me why, but he when he when he shook shook hands, he showed me his left hand, and his left hand had a thirty third degree mason's ring on, a thirty third degree. Wow. And um, never said a word. <laughs> never said. A word. It's very very but, interesting. Oh yeah, but I visited him, visited with him a number of times a- after that when I would go back to Hot Springs, and he was always quite, you know, wonderful, just a wonderful, wonderful older guy. And um, but no, Mr. Light and Mr. Sound are right here, and they're going to be right here. Yeah. Do you ever uh, take fun. them out um, with you anywhere on tour? Sweet. Yeah, whenever, whenever I do a. A, a weekend intensive or I do do something I bring them I brought them to North Carolina I was at the Black Mountain um, at the retreat center the YMCA retreat center uh, in October and I brought them there everybody oh, loved sweet. seeing them being with them are you coming back up this way anytime soon? I'd love to um, this is my 30th year anniversary kind of thing and I'm I, I, I'd like to be able to put together some dates to do to do fun things and uh i used to teach a lot in Asheville, of course black mountain um those surrounding areas and no we'd love to come up to your area you know um pam told us beautiful uh pam yunce informed us that uh pam yunce informed us that um one of the skulls comes around every year to tennessee johnson city tennessee Um, max yeah max and it's, it's Max. Yeah. yeah. And so we're kind of we're kind of looking forward Max, to Max to, to cool. going and meeting it this year when he comes around. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yes, just be really empty when when you just go be with Max and hold no expectation. If you if you do Plattison, do a real small dose of when you're with Max make sense small dose of what it cut out there a minute uh, for some reason um, can you repeat that medicine, any kind of psychedelia oh okay. anything that if you guys do any anything anything that will alter you and, and get your personality out of the way because that's what go. you want yeah because because you come to an event like that and you're excited you're you know you're anticipating what's going on and you don't want to do that I got gotcha. you but of course that's natural yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I think we have a, a a question here. Um, a viewer asked, "K 
can you find out if the crystal skull wants to spend time with you or anyone else didn't you say it's kind of uh, people are more drawn to it it's not like something you seek something that seeks you yes and things will just kind of unfold for you to have the opportunity like Max came to within 20 miles of my front door and I had never really even heard of Max you know I'm kind of immersed in my own experience with the Hedges Anna Mitchell Hedges skull and doing my own work right living my life but now here's Max and uh, so it just unfolded for us to go see Max and then Yolanda my wife really loved being with Max and she thought, God, I'd love to go see Max again. So you make appointments and you kind of, you pay money for a session to go sit privately with Max. So we, I tried to get her another appointment, couldn't get any appointments because they were all booked out. And then she got a call back that said, somebody just quit, just had to withdraw their appointment but they they left it paid for. So if someone wants the appointment, it's already paid for. The time's already reserved, and you can have it. You know. So wow. Yolanda f- flies up there, and just has her second experience. You know, with Max. So the skulls arrange all of this stuff for you. Like the red carpet just kind of unfolds when it's in the flow for you to have have that. So if they're in your area, you know, if it's close to you pay attention and see how things structure themselves for you guys to be able to go have the experience. Right Make sense? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Um, we had one viewer uh, asked if you were Freemason. <laughs> no. No, no. He couldn't no, tell no. you if you were. Uh, yeah, that's right. I couldn't tell you. If I tell you, I have that's to kill you. Great, um, oh, God. Uh, and the Masons, for the most part, the lower degrees, the lower 32 degrees, are are usually just good people doing good things in society, you know, wanting to wanting to have a, a good benefit in the world. Yeah. It's the inner circles, the 33rd and the above, that you don't hear about in the regular mm-hmm. Masons lodges, that are all connected into the ancient lodges, into the um, you know, the different groups that, you know, we could talk about that for eight hours too, but it's, I think you understand where I'm going. Yeah. It seems what so. I've been learning is, uh, the Masons are actually just been teaching everything we're talking about these days. Yeah. The real Masons. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was all secret. Do, um, and now, Everything that is secret or hidden is being revealed. Yes, yeah, right. right to the light. Transparency. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <clears throat> do you have any? Um, do you have any books out or anything people could follow up some more information? I don't really. Uh, I don't have any books, but I have endless amounts of material on my on my website. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of free material free lectures, teachings for people to, to watch and view. Um, my YouTube channel, Christopher Tim's Practical Mystic, you know, and people can go in and, and on that, everybody, I don't hold back any of my commentary on anything that's happening at any level in life, spiritual, 
financial, political, any, any different level, I, I talk about everything in relation to universal or natural law. And um, so that's there. Every Monday night I teach, and it's free to the world. We have people from all over the world on the calls every Monday night. And you can find out about all of that just from my website, ChristopherTims.com. So. so you can get the access to uh, all the shows and everything you have directly from your website? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's ongoing workshops, teacher programs. It depends upon where someone wants to go. Yeah. I'm, I've got a number of different themes and directions. I've been, a, I've been a vegan for 35 years. I've been a competitive athlete, martial artist, you know, marathon runner, natural bodybuilder all of my life. You know, I'm 60 tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday, guys. Right on. You're looking awesome. So happy 60. birthday. Oh, and I seen you in the 90s video. You was ripped up, man. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. the celestial beacon. That's, you that's was, pretty fun. Thanks. You was, uh, you was, you was looking right. <laughs> your muscles and your tank top. Uh, my wife, <laughs> your my wife, hair. pardon me? I said in, uh, in the Celestial Beacon video, you had on your tank top and your muscles and your long hair. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. My wife, my wife told me to cut all my hair because I began to look like a homeless man. <laughs> so, you know, what are you, you going to do? Uh, that's, that was your intuition. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. I know. But I'll tell you what: having short hair after having long hair all those years is so easy. Oh, it's so nice. Hell um, yeah! Pam mentioned something about uh, sound tables that you make. Oh yeah, that came that came directly from the crystal skull. There were two things that came directly from the skull after that merging experience. Not just the celestial beacon, but with the celestial beacon, then I immediately had this whole picture of how to build a massage table from scratch because I'm I've grown up, grown up in the trades, and I built a whole massage table from scratch, and I include a whole sound system built into it with transducers, speakers, EQ, the whole thing. Nice. And I've been building them ever since 1996 on to now, and I improve it every year. There's a new generation. They're called Magic Carpet Sound Tables, so it's directly from the Crystal Skull. And the second was uh, there was a workshop that that I started doing right after that Celestial Beacon that I'd never done before, called the Opening of the Gates. And the Opening of the Gates, people would come and be with me for a weekend, and I would literally step into their energy field we would touch forehead to forehead and through that merging it was like opening someone up like I'm a spiritual can opener hmm. and it would literally just lift people right up it was just the coolest thing to be doing wow and it just all came how to do it what it was all about all came from the celestial beacon so these uh, sound tables sound like they um, are uh, fixing frequencies. Oh, they're great. Yes, that's exactly what it's about. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have them all over North America and uh, in people's homes, people who are energy workers, chiropractors, massage therapists. 
physical therapists, a lot of people like them for different things. And people just have them in their homes to enjoy sound and vibration and frequency. You know, their own soundscaping is what they do. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, They're great. It seems to be oh, am- fun. Seems to be amazing at uh, some of the uh, some of the information that certain people has uh, received after being around or in contact with the skulls. Absolutely. Um, tomorrow we're going to have um, Pam Yunts on the show, um, and we're going to go over uh, her experiences with the skull and her studies um, with her three D or imaging and how um how it shows um how the skulls affect each other or affect you just by being around cool. them. so uh this is part one of two about the crystal skulls and so it was very uh very awesome to have you um tell us some stuff instead of me chopping it all up <laughs> yeah it was an honor it was definitely an honor oh you're very kind and it's just great hanging with both of you you're both wonderful people and it's just great talking with you about something that's really fun that I haven't really spoken about too much in the last couple of years you know I've been focused in other areas and it's nice to bring this back up to the forefront well like you said it drawn us to it you know that that yeah. drawn us to the VHS yeah. was drawn to you that's drawn us to everything about it <laughs> Uh, the whole That's situation uh, with meeting Pam and, and hunting down the VHS and everything that got us to this point, um, every single bit of it just come out of out of nowhere, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's where it all comes. That's that rep- When things come out of nowhere, that represents insights and, and experiences coming from the depths of your being the reaches of your unconscious mind, even beyond the subconscious mind, that come as if from nowhere. You know, it's your matrix, it's your holograph. So things that come from nowhere with no reason, like how did this happen? It comes from the unconscious. Yeah. The highest reaches, the depths of your being. Cool stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So so I guess everybody could say that we're doing what we need to be doing. <laughs> yes. I I the path is easily unfolding in front of you guys. This is great. Well, thanks a lot for having me here. It's just great spending the time with you. Oh, I've I've had a blast for sure. Uh, I'm about to go back and and listen to it again. Where I've had to step out here and there. <laughs> yeah, and in the future, we'll definitely uh, try to have you on again if you want to. Yeah, it sounds like we could uh, absolutely we could team up on a on and a lot can... of subjects. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd love to love to. Talk about anything that you'd like to go into. So. Um, we like we like talking about consciousness a, a lot around here, and uh, that's it. And and try to help people um, as they start to awaken, or like I say, um, I, I went through a point which I like to call the dark period per se, uh, when all sure. when all the uh, when all the bad stuff comes to light, you know. Um, a lot of us went through a point where we were by ourselves at that time and there was no light at the end of the tunnel and so uh, here on the show we we do this um, to be a little a little bit of light for people sometimes or maybe they're going through that darkness point or maybe they just have a question or uh, things that may help them along you know trying to help them open up the gate just like you did <laughs> exactly absolutely man absolutely that's 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 fantastic 
We appreciate it, man. I right. hope to talk to you soon in the future. Very good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Um, I guess it looks like we have all the questions taken care of. Um, Most people watch it later on anyway, so. Yeah, this is a little early yeah. for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, for sure, we'll, we'll be back in touch and uh, definitely grateful uh, to have sure. you. Um, we'll, we'll, we will upload um, the audio and everything to the website. Um, and so everybody will be able to uh, listen to this on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, they'll be able to go to the website uh, and download the audio directly from there. Uh, the video will be on Facebook uh, and also on YouTube. Um, yeah, everybody everybody has the links. I send them all in my newsletter and put it, post it on Facebook for you. So yeah, sometimes we have, have a, really enjoy it. Uh, a little. Uh, echo on the live feed on the videos um but just so everyone knows the uh the audio will be on point if you uh if you tune in on itunes or download that off the website all right it's time for dinner all right man uh thanks christopher you have a good one now and uh we we greatly appreciate it my pleasure take care guys all right you have a nice night bud all right guys this is going to wrap up the show uh episode number 13 higher frequencies crystal skulls part one um tune in with us tomorrow we'll be on early at 11 a.m thereabouts um with a guest pam yunts uh on episode 14 crystal skulls part two where we will um, expand on the subject more and uh, look into a couple other insights. Um, So we look forward to catching you guys tomorrow. You guys know the drill. You catch us on Facebook at Higher Frequencies NC. You can catch us uh, on iTunes at Higher Frequencies. You can listen for free. Uh, Google Play also for free. Or um, the videos on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, I greatly enjoy everybody tuning in, and uh, we will catch you tomorrow. And thank you, Pam. Yeah, thanks, Pam, for uh, making all this happen. That's right. And Sage, who uh, introduced me to Pam, who kind of got the ball rolling all this. <coughs> well, peace and love, guys. Namaste.